studying God's Word, learning from God's Word together today. Hope you'll hang on to that listening guide and uh, use it for your personal study and also the application of God's Word in our lives. The message today is about handling adversity, how to handle adversity. It's the final message in our series about moving forward. And we've been talking together about moving forward in faith. And the difficulty for most of us is that we don't recognize God's hand at work in our lives through the hard places. Um, I heard a lady on television this week, she had won $300 million or something in the lottery, the Powerball. And uh, she said something that caught my attention. She said, I'm going to support my kids with all this money because I don't want them to have to struggle like I have. And I thought to myself, that's a big mistake, isn't it? Because if young ones don't learn to struggle through things, then they stay in a cycle of immaturity and self gratification and so the whole world then revolves around them and they don't realize that they're here to serve others and to minister to others and to bless others they're here for the glory of God but you know most of us we we can see that in other people's lives we fail to see it in our own lives you know when we're going through the difficulties it's kind of like you can't see the forest for the trees when we're going through the really rough spots in our lives, you can't see the hand of God, but it's right there. He is using the challenges and the difficulties and the downturns of our lives, the heartaches and the trials that we go through. He's using those things to build our faith and trust in Him. And so that's been the theme of this message uh, series moving forward in faith and today we want to finish by talking about the guy who exemplifies suffering his name is Job we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture together in Job chapter 42 so if you'll open your Bibles there we'll look at these verses together Job 42. If you've joined us by way of the internet, you should be able to download the listening guide and follow right along with us as we study. We welcome you to be part of this study of God's Word. We trust that anytime you're in the Auburndale area, you'll come by Eastside Baptist Church and join us here in the worship center. Job 42, verses 1 through 6. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. Is that a good statement? <laughs> you can do 
everything. And the no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. It's one thing to hear about God. It's another thing entirely to experience Him. To know Him, to experience His power and His grace and His love and His faithfulness. And the only place you learn those things is in the trials, in the difficulties, in the dark places. That's the only place you learn about God's faithfulness and love and power. The rest of the time, he's still there, and he's still faithful, and he's still loving and gracious and kind. But you're so wrapped up in all the good things that are going on that you fail to recognize him. And so often, God will allow us to go through a trying, difficult, struggling period in our lives just so we'll recognize how truly faithful he is and all of a sudden you you realize one day oh my goodness all this stuff that i've been hearing about god it's true and you realize that you go oh my goodness this is wonderful a God who actually does love me. A God who really does care. A God who really is there. Oh my goodness, I didn't know that. And you don't know it until you're in that spot. In that really trying time. Verse 6, Therefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Essentially, what Job did was he said, God, I'm really sorry for questioning you. I'm really sorry for not trusting you. He'd come to that place in his life where he realized that God really is in control. And he really does have plans for us. And he really can be trusted. We're concluding this sermon series today, and if you're discouraged and stressed out and frustrated and overwhelmed, then you're in the perfect place to really move forward in your faith. And today we are going to look at the life of Job. Believe it or not, we're going to go through the whole book. Y'all don't believe it, do you? Not verse by verse. <laughs> we're just kind of overview it. Job's name literally means persecuted, and he was persecuted. Job was persecuted by the devil and even by his friends and family. You know the story. Here is a man who was wealthy. He had great influence. He was a happy man who was healthy and wealthy, a businessman with a wonderful family. He was blessed with three daughters and seven sons. He had everything. 
he's described as a good and upright man who feared the Lord. There is an artist rendition of this. and Wendy, if you could back that up one. There you go. Thank you. Um, this is a Renaissance drawing of a painting of Job. And here's his three friends. And uh, that's his wife over there on the side. She's the one who said to Job in the middle of all his difficulties, why don't you just curse God and die? A good spouse, you know, can help you when you're going through stuff. <laughs> and a spouse who doesn't believe in God can really be a hindrance. Well, Job was surrounded by people who were criticizing him when he was going through a really difficult time, the worst time of his life. So this picture depicts that for us. The Bible tells us that through all of these things, Job trusted the Lord. Principle number one, if you're following along in your listening guide, our condition is not our conclusion. One day, God gave the devil permission to attack Job. And in a matter of hours, Job lost everything. Now, there's a couple of things that are important about that. First of all, recognize the devil had to gain permission from God to attack the child of God. And if you are a child of God, if you belong to the Lord, you should know this. The devil cannot attack you without God's permission. So if you are under attack, realize that God gave the enemy permission to attack you for a reason. Now that's the first part of this principle. Our condition is not our conclusion. Here's the second part of that. Where you are today is not where you're going to be in a month or a year. Things are going to change. They're in a constant state of change. So if you're in a really good place today, be assured of this. That's going to change. And if you're in a really bad place today, be assured of this. That's going to change. And what we learn from the story of Job is that our lives can be turned upside down in a matter of hours. If you don't believe it, talk to the people of Charleston and Columbia. In a matter of hours, they got so much rain that the city flooded. Many of them lost their homes in a matter of hours. And friends, everything you have can be taken away from you just like that. Just like that. Therefore, you should not put your confidence and hope in the things that you can see, touch, and feel. You should put your confidence and hope in that which can never be taken away. That is, our confidence and hope needs to be in the solid rock, just like we were singing about earlier. 
the Lord Jesus Christ. If your confidence, the foundation of your life, the strength of your life isn't drawn from the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, then you've got your confidence in the wrong place. Your condition is not your conclusion. For those of us who are children of God, those of us who belong to God's family, those of us who have trusted the Lord Jesus as our Savior, our conclusion is victory. No matter where you are today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your struggles, your frustrations, no matter how overwhelmed you feel, your condition is not your conclusion. Your conclusion is one of victory. And that's a promise from God. Well, the scriptures teach us from the story of Job that things can change quickly in our lives. Everything can be taken from us in just a matter of moments. Floods and tornadoes, earthquakes, fires, disease, yes, even death. All the tragic realities of the world in which we live But thank God, in spite of all these things, we can have hope because of our faith in Jesus Christ. He alone is the answer to the brokenness of this world. Principle number two. When faced with trials and difficulties, we should seek the Lord. For most of the 42 chapters in this book of Job, Job questions God about why all these things happened to him. We can almost hear his questions. They go like this. Why is this happening to me? Have you ever asked that question? Why is this happening to me? Why did you allow this? Why am I suffering like this? Why didn't you stop this from happening? Why do I have to endure this misery? Why now? Why me? You want to read some of these complaints that Job has. You should take the time to look at chapter 30 of the book of Job and just realize some of the emotional and physical suffering that Job went through. Job knocked on heaven's door. He was longing for an answer from God. He wanted to know why God had suddenly allowed all this tragedy to strike his family. I mean, in one day, he lost his business. He lost all of his children. I mean, his business was completely wiped out. And all of his children were killed. And he lost his health. And all of this occurred in one day. Why, no wonder his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Just give up. Right? Many of us in this room have felt like giving up. We've been right on the edge of saying, 
I quit. It's too much for me. And Job was right at that place. He questioned God. He wanted to know, why is this going on? God didn't answer Job. Instead, God began to ask Job a series of questions. About 70 of them, if you record them from the book. Regarding every aspect of creation, the constellations, all the way down to the dirt clods, the beasts of the field, the birds of the air. Here's what God said. Job. Let me ask you a question, Job. I am the one who hung the stars in space. I'm the one who set the boundaries on the oceans. I'm the one who created the beast of the field and the birds of the air. Now, would you tell me, were you there when I did that? Do you think, Job, that you know better than I know what's really going on here? After about 70 of those kinds of questions, Job got the message. Here is the underlying message, right? When you're going through the roughest, darkest, most difficult time in your life, realize God is in control. Seek the Lord. Turn to Him in faith. Because the scriptures indicate that God is up to something when we're going through the worst time in our lives. Job wasn't able to answer one of those questions. And finally, Job responds to God in deep humility. We read His words... Job chapter 40, verses 3 through 5. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no further. Here's what Job did. And God said, Look, I'm God. <laughs> I'm the one who created this whole thing. I'm the all-powerful, all-knowing God. I'm in control, Job. Job said, I think it's about time I should shut my mouth. So, instead of saying, God... You're not in control. All of this stuff that's happened to me, it's just a bunch of bad stuff, and you don't have anything to do with it, and I don't know what's happening, and I don't like it, and I quit. Instead of doing that, we should say, God, you're in control. I don't understand it. I don't like it, but I'm going to trust you. So keep me from saying something stupid, and keep me from doing something stupid. When we get in the pressure places of life and when it's dark and difficult for us and all of us go through those trials, we all face them. But when we get to that place, 
the pressure for us is to take matters into our own hands and we always make bad decisions when we make them in the dark. We always make bad decisions when we're angry and frustrated and upset and discouraged. We always make bad decisions. So instead, we learn from the scriptures and from the life of Job, just shut up and put your trust in the Lord. He is in control. He has good plans and good purposes for your life, even through the most difficult things you've ever faced. Amen. I would like for you to say this with me. God is in control. Again, you really believe that? Even when things are coming apart at the seams, God is in control. Say it one more time. He's an amazing God. He's so powerful and so loving and so kind that He's even able to take the broken pieces of our lives and weave them into something absolutely gorgeous. If we'll trust Him. Principle number three. Trials and difficulties are about learning to trust God. In case you missed it, Job responded to God in humility. Here's what Job is really saying. I realize that you're the Almighty God and that I have no right to question you about anything. That's right. We don't have the right to question God about anything. He's God. He's all-powerful, he's all-wise, he's all-knowing, he's the ever-present God, he loves us with an everlasting love, he knows what he's doing, and he can do with us whatever pleases him. He only asks us to trust him. I want us to take the time to read these verses again in light of those difficult places that all of us go through. Right here they are. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Would you read them with me, please? Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, what if it doesn't work out the way I want it to? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. But what if it's just falling apart? And what if my heart's breaking? And what if I don't understand? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Well, what if people are doing me wrong? And what if they're just treating me badly? And what if... What if nothing is working out? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Right? It's all about learning to trust God. 
And you don't really know that you can trust God until you've been in those really difficult places and you find his hands underneath you holding you up. You don't really know that you can trust him until you've been in those really hard places and all of a sudden God is there. He shows up. He's helping you. He's guiding your steps. He's asking you, please, Trust me. Now, trust is one of those really big things. Our kids want us to trust them. We want our kids to trust us. Right? We do know best, right? Even if they can't see it. Hello? Do you get the message? Do you not think that your Heavenly Father wants you to trust Him even if you can't see it? Do you not think He knows what's best? Do you not think that He loves you enough? Can God take the disasters of our lives and transform them under His power and grace and make them into something that is a blessing? Can He do that? Not only can He, He has promised to do that. If you'll trust Him. If you'll trust Him. And trust is a matter of releasing myself committing myself into his hands, knowing that he's going to work it all out in his way, in his time, for his glory. Well, this is not the end of the story. Job not only responds in humility, he also responds in repentance. Consider his words, again, from Job 42. Then the Lord answered, uh, sorry, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. Then no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. I'm so sorry, Lord, for not trusting you. Principle number four. God will bring great blessing out of our trials and difficulties. Job realized that he had been questioning God's purpose. He'd been questioning God's goodness. He'd been questioning God's love and sovereignty. He knew that ultimately God was in control of everything, and he finally had come to accept the fact that God could be trusted. Now here is the end of the story. God poured out a tenfold blessing in Job's life. And this is listed there on your listening guide. First of all, Job is allowed to see the glory of God. Secondly, Job begins to see himself as God sees him. Thirdly, Job is vindicated by God before the eyes of his three critical friends. Fourthly, Job discovers the joy of praying for these three friends. 
think it's fascinating, by the way, that it says, after Job prayed for his friends, God released all these blessings. I, I think it's fascinating. Here's Job, who could have been really bitter and angry about the friends that came and criticized him when he was down, kicking him when he was down. But instead, God required Job to pray for the very people who had essentially betrayed him. And my friends, listen, when you learn to pray for the people who treated you wrongly, you are right in the center of the grace of God. And blessings will flow. That's a really important principle. God allows us to encounter people who are just downright wicked. They're evil in their intent. Some of them are people you wouldn't expect to get it from friends, even family members. And we're required by God to not only forgive those people, but to pray for them. What did Jesus say? Pray for those who despitefully use you. Bless those who persecute you. Love your enemies. The only way you can do that is if Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. If Jesus is real and He's on the throne of your life, then you have the power to do these things and make His glory be put on display. You can't pump that up in your own strength. Believe me, I've tried. Number five, blessing. Job's former health is restored. Number six, Job is comforted by his brothers and sister. Job is given twice the amount of wealth that he lost. Job is given seven more sons and three more daughters. Job lives to enjoy his grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And Job is given an additional 140 years, twice the number normally given to man. All these blessings flowing out of the deepest tragedy he'd ever been through. What if, my friends, the really difficult place that you're in right now is the doorway through which God wants to pour His richest blessings in your life? What if... Tied up in the middle of all this anguish and pain and suffering and difficulty. What if right in the middle of that is the answer to the deepest dreams and hopes you've ever had? I tell you, in the name of Jesus, it is true. What about you today? I know we've been talking about Job. But these things are true. And they're true of all of us. You're going through a particularly rough time right now. You're pretty discouraged, maybe more discouraged than you've ever been. Pretty lonely, more, maybe more lonely than you've ever been. 
hurting? You're worried, anxious, fearful? You're questioning God, asking Him why? One of the things we know from this book, the book of Job, is that all God's plans for His own children eventually end up to be glorious. You can trust God even when you don't understand. You can trust Him even when you don't know what He's doing. So why not put your trust in Him right now? Stop questioning Him. Just trust Him. I can almost hear Him say, Just trust me. I wonder if there's somebody here this morning who's never trusted the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior. You've never given Him your life. You've never turned your life over to Him. You've never said, God, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. You've never been at that place where you wanted to receive Jesus as your Savior, to ask Him for the forgiveness of your sins, ask Him to come into your life and to be your Savior and Lord. You've never been to that place. You've never realized how much He loved you, what He did for you. I wonder if there's anybody here this morning who needs to commit your life to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. You've never done it before, but you're ready to do it now. I wonder if there's somebody here like that today. If you're here and that's you, would you just stand up right now? Listen, the reason I'm asking you to stand up right here and right now is because if you can't do it in here with everybody's cheering for you, you'll never do it out there, right? You need to be ready to take a stand for the Lord Jesus. So if you need Jesus as your Savior, You've never done that before. You've never asked him to be your savior before. You need that. Would you just stand up? Okay, I'm looking around. I don't see anybody standing. Therefore, I assume everybody here knows Jesus. So here's the second part of this challenge. Trust God to work out His plan, His purposes in your life. Now listen, I, I know where some of you all are. I know what you're going through. I mean, we've talked, and I know some of the stuff going on. And I know the difficulties. And I know you're seeking the Lord. But the question this morning is, will you trust Him? I want to ask you to do something. If you're ready to say, I'm going to trust God to work out His plan and purposes in my life, would you stand to your feet right now? I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to trust Him to work out His plan and purposes in my life. Do you really mean that? Alright? While you're standing, look at the third part of this invitation. Trust God with your burdens, your trials, your struggles, your pain, your loneliness, your past, and even your future. 
Would you do that? If you're going to do that, say amen. Then let's pray together right now. Let's pray. Father, you have seen not only us standing before you, declaring our trust in you, you have seen what's really going on inside our hearts. You know the struggles. You know how difficult it is for us. Father, we confess to you that we are weak, but you are strong. We confess to you that our very best efforts just won't cut it. We need you. We need your grace. We need your mercy and your love. We need your power. Lord, we need you to work out your very best plan in all of our lives. And so we're putting our trust in you today. Not in the circumstances, not in people, not in anything we can see or figure out. We're putting our trust in you. For you alone are worthy. You alone are God. You alone can work this out. For your honor and glory, may it be so in all of our lives. For we pray in the precious, powerful, wonderful, matchless name that's above all names. The name of Jesus. Amen.